Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 266, recorded on February 6th, 2020. On tonight's episode, we discuss brand new Gigantamax Pokemon, Animal Crossing, Bits and Bobs, and Platinum Games, breaking a record on Kickstarter, perhaps? This and so much more. Jesse, cue that music. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Marty here from Nintendo Dads, and you are listening to episode 266. It's February 6, 2020, and joining me on the show tonight is one Mr. Jesse Waldack. How are you, Jesse? Pretty good. It's uh, one of, another one of those long weeks, long days, and uh, glad tomorrow's Friday, even though you know, both my boss and I have been, hope, have been thinking today the day is a day ahead of what it really was like all week like yeah it, was, it turned into a running gag and i don't know if we did it on purpose today just because to continue the joke or if it was serious but it, it started on tuesday he thought it was wednesday and then even this and this that he's something was like that has got on every day all week until, and even today he thought it was he said it was friday what really expected you to have a a long week actually after all uh you guys have been rebuilding kansas city uh after the historic win of the chiefs at super bowl whatever the number was this past sunday 54 54 how 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 bad was it in kansas city well i i think the this the parade and the celebration probably went smoother than it did five years ago when the Royals did the World Series, just because they've had practice five years five years ago. Uh, I I stay away from downtown anyway, but uh, no way in hell am I going anywhere near that area <laughs> during the parade. Yeah, but uh, I, well, I did watch it on TV and took. And congrats, I, I, to I, you I, Chiefs fans! I, I bought a World Championship shirt and wore it yesterday when I watched the parade. And okay, was, and uh, sorry, Tim, who. Uh, we recorded the uh, yeah. What's this show called? Dinner table. The dinner table. <laughs> um, he was wearing a 49ers hat, saying that's who he was rooting for. <laughs> he struck out, unfortunately. And, and speaking of striking out, Tim is uh, was supposed to be here with us tonight, but for some reason is having inexplainable internet problems. That reboots and. Turning it off and turning it back on and unplugging it didn't fix. So, right. so I was going to say, uh, win or lose, I still think that was probably the best Super Bowl I think I've ever seen. I haven't paid attention to the many, but last few years, it seems like it was just blowout and not a fun game to watch. Yeah. Uh, I know last year's was really boring. This year was, to me... This year's was boring up until the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter was great, and lots of lots of action, and yeah, I mean that was that was some pretty impressive ball there um, my, in the last little bit. Yeah, my my favorite part was when uh, the the 49ers were ahead twenty ten. They just got the interception, and they they like lined up for like they were lining lining up for their victory photograph already, and then ten minutes later they were losing. Yeah, and that, that, that picture actually exists on the internet. Yeah. So thanks I to see, technology. I've, I've seen it as a meme it. multiple times. 
We can rub it in their faces for years to come. Uh, on a serious note, we want to say uh, that a lot of our listeners over in the North Carolina area, like Brian, uh, Scott, and others, experienced some really bad, crazy weather. It's snowing outside uh, in my office right now as I'm recording this. It's crazy. This morning, I left where we were on vacation, and they were having flash floods that like in, are in an area that normally doesn't flood, which is super weird. Uh, so, uh, to all of our people out there who are experiencing bad weather, uh, we want to say stay safe, stay warm. Hopefully, uh, you're hearing this on the better side of that, but I know a lot of people this afternoon were commenting in discord about how they were in the path of, uh, severe weather and things like that. And, uh, I am just hoping, you know, the roads are good so I can get home tonight. Otherwise sleeping in this chair and that's not very comfortable. I've been away from my bed for four nights. I'd like to. <laughs> be back in my bed tonight. But uh, we got lots of news to talk about uh, and some special news uh, over at our Patreon. And so, Jesse, why don't you just dive right into the news with us? Cue that music. And I just realized that I uh, jumbled up the word play and cue and it made a new word. It's pew the music. Pew, pew. Yep. Where, where, where is that? I need to find Gary, it now. Gary did that pow, pow, once, right? Pow, 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 pow. There he is. There he is. Oh, I love Gary. Uh, anyway, our news is brought Times to like us. This, I wish I had the bigger stream deck that had more buttons on the page. Yeah. But I, I have yeah. the middle size. I've got a new one for you we got to put in, uh, but you'll know what it is later on after uh, we read an email that we received this week. You'll you'll get it. Uh Okay. We want to say a huge thanks to all of our patrons over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. You guys support the news every week, and you are the reason that this uh, train keeps rolling. And as of recording tonight, yes, it has happened. We are 100 active patrons strong. Uh, we want to thank Turtle2832 for being number 100, joining us uh, yesterday, I believe, or maybe it was today. I can't remember. What is it today? It's yes, one of those. It was one Follow of those. us on Twitch today. Follow <laughs> us on Twitch today. But that put us into triple digits. But also want to say a big thanks to Morgan DeHaven and Charles Simkowski and returning patron Abel Briano for bringing us back up to 100 patrons. Guys, we thank you so much. And listen, um, not going to say too much here. But I'm just going to kind of tip a little hat here. Let, lift the lid off the pan, if you will, about some things cooking at Nintendo Dads. There's probably going to be a dad at E3 this year. That's the plan. We'll see. We'll see. We're talking about it. We're, we're working things out. And you guys are making that possible over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can join up. You can be part of the Discord. You can participate in Monthly Mayhem. Uh, by the way, Monthly Mayhem coming up, Mario Kart 8 and Super Nintendo Mario Kart. Uh, Team John versus Team Drew. Shout out to Team Drew. Whoop, whoop. We're going to take it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, you can get in <laughs> over there and you can join your team, uh, you can you can pair off, and, and we're going to be doing some time trials this month. Um, if you're in there, patrons also get access to a monthly giveaway of $25 eShop credit and all kinds of other things. You can go over there, patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. 
dollar, five dollars, ten, fifteen, thirty dollar patrons. Everything's open. We would love to have you um, come and be a, a part of all of that with us. Yeah, for Thanks more information, for helping us create great content. For more information on the, the Mario Kart Monthly Mayhem, there's a YouTube video. Though this, it's static image with audio because it was recorded as a podcast instead of a video. So it's on our YouTube channel. And if you'd want, rather just hear it in podcast form, it's also available on the Dads After Dark feed. I'm glad you said that to you, by the way, because it's because of our community of patrons that we're able to announce the Nintendo Dads uh, family of podcasts that has blossomed out of the show. I think this is one of the coolest things that has come out of our show like ever. Uh, of course, we've got Nintendo Dads, which is your weekly feed here with the original dads. And now me and and uh, Gary and, and Tim, who have joined in, uh, Tim has branched out and started the Dinner Table, which is a once-a-month hangout-style podcast where they you know, come around the dinner table, if you will, and have a discussion with appetizers and main courses and desserts uh, for topics. Uh, John and Drew have started the Dads After Dark podcast. They are on episode three. That is a every other week podcast, and so that's going to come out on Wednesdays for patrons uh, as well as everyone else. And then we announced last week Dad Crossing, which is a brand new podcast coming from Sean Abbott and Nick and I <laughs> Cat Janitor. God, <laughs> he is, and he's going to nail me to the wall for forgetting that. Uh, Dan Caparello, uh, Nick, and uh, Sean are taking care of. Dad Crossing. It's going to be in every other week on Wednesday podcast too. It's going to come out on the weeks that Dads After Dark doesn't. And it's a mini series delving into Animal Crossing as Animal Crossing New Horizons gets ready to launch. They're going to be giving their impressions of the series up till now. They're going to be doing all kinds of things. I can tell you the first episode of Dad Crossing is going to happen the last Wednesday of February. All right. So the final Wednesday of February, I think that's February 25th. Expect to see Dad Crossing uh, go up. And as as far as we know, that will be available on our main feed as well. Uh, the reason for that is, uh, and the reason we make that distinction is, Dad's After Dark has its own feed. And the reason for that is that Dad's After Dark is, well, After Dark. Yes. So we, we actually we, we get to use the little explicit tag in iTunes that we don't yeah. use on our other shows. And and we moved it to its own feed because most people we, we found out that some people use our podcast to put their kids to sleep. Which I don't, I don't know, know what that says. I, yeah. That's <laughs> I don't know what that says about us, but <laughs> uh, you guys out there using us put your kids to sleep one during one of the podcasts, you know what we're going to do like midway through is we're all just going to scream really loud and play air horns. I don't know. I think that was, if you really want to wake them up, if you really want to wake them up, you hit them with some of that uh, Tokyo Mirage sessions. I'm giving you permission. <laughs> I only saved the five second clip of that because I knew when so, I did set up that gag, it's all I knew wanted this to uh, use. 
But anyway, so that I, I should set up a longer here, version for future use. If you're keeping track here, that is four podcasts now under the Nintendo Dads family of podcasts that I have come out and are going to be coming to you each and every month. Nintendo Dads is weekly. Dinner Table is monthly. And Dads Happy Park and Dad Crossing biweekly. So each week uh, of the of if you're a patron, each week you're going to be getting two podcasts from us. And on the last week of the month, you're going to get three. Keep so busy. I think that's a, it's a pretty good deal. We're pretty busy. And that's really cool. Because I haven't done my side gigs uh, for like well, the last six weeks, you know, because I've been, you know, playing the, the RPGs. And that's usually when I get most of my podcast listening done. So I'm like three weeks behind in my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, 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 as someone who has very including. Including After Dark 1, 2, and 3. I haven't listened to them yet. As someone who has who has very limited listening time, I uh, yeah, I get you. I feel you on that completely. Uh, well, let's dive in. Let's talk about some news. Uh, I want to hit something here that's probably um, our biggest story tonight. And this is something that just came out uh, today uh, in, in the wee hours or the early hours of the evening. The developer for Outer Worlds has posted an update on the game stating that the Nintendo Switch version is now delayed due to the coronavirus. Uh, However, when this game is released physically, the game will now be on a cartridge. So were they just rushing it to make market before? And now that they have the the time, they'll do it right? Hold on, hold on. I have a theory. (laughs) I have a a different theory, all Uh right? Uh, I have a different theory, but anyway, the, the, the developer claims are the one who's doing the the developer that's doing the port, uh, claims that the, they are not able to get into their offices due to lockdown because of coronavirus. And so that is delaying the game, but that delay will apparently give them extra time to make sure the game gets on, uh, the cart, um, I'm a, I'm going to just say this and you can call me a big grump. You can call me whatever. I think that they're blaming the coronavirus for uh and using that as a crutch for all the bad press that they have received this week for not putting the the game on a cart. Well, just kind of a part of where I was going with it is they were originally planning on rushing it to market. And then now that they have an excuse to delay it, they are, so they can do it right. Yeah. So uh, originally the game was supposed to come out on, I believe it was, was it April 10th? I don't know. I don't think I have that on my list. Um, or maybe it was soon? Soonish? Soon. TM. <laughs> soon. Uh now, now you've got me looking it up. It was uh, actually supposed to come out on March the 6th. March the 6th. I knew that had been announced like this week. But now it is going to be, lay- be delayed. It is not being given another release date. It will be on the cart. They're just scared um, to release on the same day as Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that scared them off. Winnie the, po- Winnie the Pooh Pokemon scared them off. Uh, I've already seen people who have said 
that they are going to pre-order this now on principle. Uh, in other words, maybe they weren't that in- interested in the game to begin with, but now they're going to buy it just to send a message to developers that if you buy, a, if you do a physical game, it should be on a cart and not an empty box. Speak with the money. Sure. Well, yeah, you can do that. Um, I don't know. Were you interested in this game at all before this? Is this the one that's like Fallout, not Fallout? Maybe, yeah, but no. Space Fallout. I, I've tried Fallout games, uh, and none of them, none of them worked well for me. So not really. But I know. I think Justin's interested. Justin is very interested. I think other people in our Discord are very interested. I, I would love to hear what the chat thinks uh, as well. But um, like. When I heard that it was Fallout in space, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like I'm not a I'm not a huge fan, but I've never played a lot of Fallout games. I did play Fallout Four for a hot minute, and it just didn't click with me. Yeah, I think I tried three and three New Vegas, and none of them. I didn't. Well, I mean, three New Vegas, you were probably falling through the floor for most of it. So. Uh, Anyway, yeah, we got anything in the I don't chat? Think I, I, don't, I don't think I played enough to actually find bugs. The, uh, the, uh, Tim says it's not on the, on the podcast tonight because of the coronavirus. <laughs> he may have had a couple of uh, too many coronaviruses. Uh, that may be the real reason. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, so this Jay is, Harley this says is first time catching us live. Thanks for watching. Yeah, absolutely. Um, see, if you watch us live on YouTube on Thursday nights, you, there's all kinds of stuff you get that we actually have a few people uh, watching you know, through Periscope, which, well, yeah, uh, we stream on, on uh, Twitter too. So hello, Periscopians, <laughs> or would they be Periscorpians? Well, look, they're not there anymore. Oh, we, we scared we, them off. Yeah. The, we have one on Twitch and 17 on YouTube right now. Nice. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Tim says my wife like has coronavirus. Oh, okay. There you go. So Outer Worlds coming later. It will be on the cart. Uh, if that is something that uh, speaks to you, rush to pre-order now. Um, speak with your wallet. That's a huge thing. I still think it's a conspiracy. I think I think uh, the coronavirus is getting a little bit of scapegoating here uh, for Outer Worlds. Um Get some bad press this week, and they're using it as a, oh, we're closed, but due to the coronavirus, now it'll be on a cartridge. Okay. Uh, also revealed this week in a uh, Japanese YouTube video, uh, we are getting a brand new Gigantamax Pokemon for Sword and Shield. Gigantamax Toxtricity has been revealed, and he looks freaking awesome. Did I mention I beat Pokemon Shield this week? I saw that. No. Is that I, first, I beat it. Is that the I, first time you've rolled credits? The very first Pokemon game I've ever played to completion. Nice. Not only did I play it and beat it and get the original the end, I got the extended content the end. Nice. I never went back to it. I'm still in the middle of Gym 4. Go me. Jesse, you really need to finish it. I, like, I know this is this is like you... 
telling me this two this, you know two years ago. You really this need is to what happens it. when you play three sixty plus hour RPGs, one of them being one hundred and twenty hours. Yeah. After Pokemon, not even counting. So Pokemon. my my total time after I finished everything was twenty five hours. So wow. The only prob- the only problems that I had with it at all, like period, was getting to uh, the main story final battle or next to you know like I guess penultimate battle and not having a fire type Pokemon. Oh, and having to go like because I picked Sobble in the beginning and I never really caught any fire type Pokemon past that except like. Sizzlepede. It was like level 10. Yeah. So by the time I got to the end of the game, so he's probably be, how The resulting is probably the fire type was the advantage, but the bug type was the disadvantage, giving you a net zero. Uh, the the <laughs> fire type was the advantage. Fire, uh, it was fire and steel, weak to fire and steel. Uh, and so I had nothing. So I went out around the final area and caught a level 50... Five Growlithe? That did the trick. Yeah, that sounds like it'll do it. Yeah, I just caught the... Basically, all I did was I caught a level 55 Growlithe, and I went to uh, the Rotom thing, or the guy guy in the Pokemon Center. I was like, hey, I need to remember these moves. And he gave me a huge list of fire-type moves, and I was like, yep, I'll take that one, and that one, and that one. (laughs) And then I used... I used some candies and made him level 60, and there you go. The rest is history. Does the back half go fast, or does I just overplay the bottom half? Because I'm like 15 hours in. Into the- I thought the back half went very fast. Okay. Yeah, like after gym three, you hit like three gyms in a row, like very quickly. All right. Uh, I might get back to it, but I have higher priority games got, in my like, backlog. I, since I'm talking about it now, I won't talk about it and what I've been playing but I'll say this, and I, I would love to hear what other people thought about this. I thought the post-game content was annoying. Is Pokemon post-game content usually annoying? I think it depends on the game. The, the I, I played the this post-game of Sun like, Moon. This felt very it, tacked on fetch questy. Oh, yeah, that's not good. I, I played the Sun and Moon and where it introduced like the Ultra Beasts. And that I think was pretty interesting. the The thing about it is, is that is it spoiler territory now? The game's been out like four months. I think it's safe. You know, okay. People's had so four hundred decks, four hundred Pokemon decks after like two weeks after launch. All right. So, so the the final battle, you fight another legendary Pokemon with the help of the two that you already know about. Okay, that's so you fight normal. you fight this third mystery Pokemon, and that's kind of normal. That's okay. There's always it has a one hundred percent catch rate, uh-huh. so you're gonna catch it no matter what. And then you can use it to great effectiveness in the post game, okay. and I guess that's why it kind of made the post game just kind of feel like I was going through some motions just to get through his story beats. Possibly. Especially so, if it's overpowered. Yeah, like, I don't know. Kind of like with I, Let's I, Go, you know, the starters are overpowered and a lot of people didn't like that. And guess what? If you don't like it, you can bank them. 
My my only, I guess, like gripe uh, out of the whole experience is that I, how do I get the other starters? Yeah, trades, uh, Wonder Box or Wonder Trade. Uh, so there's literally no way for me to catch a score bunny anywhere. Correct. That's that's generally how that works. That's dumb. <laughs> like, am I gonna believe? Are you gonna really make me believe that there's one Sobble in the entire world? That's like, not what my that's not what my son's PC says. Well, there you go. I mean, but what I'm saying, like, I don't want, who am I going to trade with? I don't, that, I, that's just kind of, it's kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah. You got so, a world for, like, you got, you, you know, you, you front load the game with 15 billion squovits, but I can't get a score bunny anywhere, not even at the end of the game. Right. Come on. Yeah. So, um, I saw a tweet uh, earlier this week saying, Someone on Twitter already got a, a shiny slowpoke, and I took a, I sent that to my son. He goes, "Oh yeah, I had two of those on day one." Wow! <laughs> he must if have caught it. He to that. He must have yeah, caught it and started been, breeding. He was uh, look. If he had done that, he'd have been a Twitter superstar for fifteen minutes. <laughs> but anyway, Gigantamax toxicity. Um, the date that it showed on the uh, the actual video looks like it will be releasing in June, uh, which will be after the first or pack. Probably is out. with probably with the first pack. With or or around the first pack, it may have been July. I can't remember. Uh, shows him, you know, using a couple moves. Of course, being Gigantamax, he he has a different Gigantamax form. Uh, this one, he slings a giant electric like guitar made out of electricity over his shoulder and his move shows him slamming that guitar on the ground. Um, like he's, you know, like a musician slamming a guitar and it shoots waves out from that. I thought it was pretty cool. I like toxicity is one of my favorite designs from, from this new game. See, I don't even know what that looks like off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need to be sure. Like there's a way to get him and it's not by catching him. It's in the uh, the first Pokemon nursery that you come across. Okay. You go in, and there's a lady there, and she's like, oh, I have a baby Toxel. Do you want to take care of him? And you're like, sure. So you can, like, I just used a bunch of you know XP candy. and So either I already have it, or I completely missed that NPC. I mi- See, I missed it the first time, and my son was like, why don't you have Toxel? I was like, I, what are you talking about? And he, he's like, go back and go to this. You know, twelve year old. Thanks, thanks, right. son. Dear old dad. It's here. amazing the useless trivia that the twelve year old can pick up. But you know, forget about passing a history test. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Gigantamax toxicity is on uh, the way. I think this is a good indicator that over the span of these two DLC packs that we will see additional Gigantamax Pokemon. Yeah. I think they'll I think there's more coming. I mean we uh, know that. we already know we're getting Gigantamax Rillaboom, Inteleon, and Cinderace. Yeah. We already know that we're getting Gigantamax Blastoise and Venusaur. So there's there's five right there. 
There's a Gigantamax form of um, what's the Kung Panda or whatever his name is that you get Kung Foodle. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head, but I do. You, you know who I'm talking about, yeah. right? And there's yeah, the, Gigantamax the, form of yeah, the, of the one that you get with the winter expansion. Yeah, you're, you're able to choose two form, one of two forms for the the taller panda, depending yeah. on what type of what typing you want. I'm just going to call him Kung Fu Panda. That's I mean that's that's it. You know I am with Pokemon names. So there you go. Um, at least I don't know what animal with... this is or what Pokemon this is. <laughs> Fun that we can put Justin in even when he's not here. Uh, but that's that's on the way. I have yet to buy the Pokemon Pass. I'll do it when it gets closer to time. Yeah. Same with my son. I asked my son if he bought it yet. He has not and put plans on it. I also have not bought the Fighter Pass uh, Volume he? 2 Smash yet, so I'll do that when it gets close. Yeah. I- I'm likely not going to buy the Pokemon DLC unless I go back and f- finish the game. If I don't finish it, there's no point in me paying yeah, like it's 30 bucks. Like, for me, it's not like I, like I had already kind of decided to buy it, and then I finished the game, and I was like, okay, now I'm definitely going to buy it. So... Uh, like that's, I want more story out of that world. And so I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm interested in knowing how long hour wise the, uh, the DLC is because the post game content in this one is like two hours, maybe two, three hours. I probably wouldn't expect it to be that long. In fact, I probably could have finished it in like one sitting if I hadn't had stuff to do. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of coming up on the horizon, uh, lots of news and views and all kinds of other stuff about Animal Crossing this week, including uh, translations from <laughs> Japanese tweets and German cards from the back of the game. And so lots to dive in here. This was our top voted topic of the uh, the week. And so and let's just even dive before here. the story broke, uh, I said it somewhere last week. I don't know if it was on last week's show or on the dinner table or in a tweet or in a Discord, but I know I said this somewhere, that because of the way they're doing the save states and every Switch has its own island, I said, you're probably not going to be able to transfer data, period. And then, surprise, that's what's what's come out, and people are throwing conniption fits. Even though we kind of knew this, we we knew... We knew the we knew about the each switch being its own island um, yeah. back in E three, which apparently that not a lot of people got the memo. You know, only if those of us who actually paid attention to E three got that. And then, but you know, filling in the blanks of you know the, between the lines led me to that conclusion. It looks like that's where we're at. Uh, yeah, and I. I seem to recall a conversation that you had with John Blanco over on our discord this week that basically amounted to, well, you, of course you would infer that because you're a programmer right. and you, you know, nobody, maybe that's why other people didn't infer it, but let's, let's well, rewind here. I don't think it was Blanco because he's also a programmer, but it was someone, someone did make that comment. Yeah. Let's rewind here and let's talk about a couple other issues. that will be a little bit easier to explain. Uh, a lot of people are probably going to be purchasing this title digitally And so one of the things you'll want to know is that Animal Crossing is going to clock in around 6.2 gigabytes uh, on your card. The game will also feature Amiibo support, 
so there's a little bit more there that needs to be uh, talked about. But the biggest news is what Jesse is referring to as far as um, being able to transfer data between systems uh, or not. And at this time, due to a trend, uh, and this is basically coming from uh, a translation from the back of uh, a download card for the game in German. So again, understand this has been run yeah. through translators. Uh, that it states that Animal Crossing for the Switch will not use system data transfer the way other games do. What this means is a mystery at this time because Nintendo has let us get within 40 days of Animal Crossing and has not given us any info on this so, yet. Another translated statement uh, is, came out recently saying that, again, so until we know for sure from Nintendo of America proper, I consider this in the in the rumor category, but they're, they're not using system-level backups, but there will be something games that's custom-built for the game that will let you cloud save if you're an NSO subscriber. But it's, you know, for the event, your Switch gets broken or stolen and, and it has to be replaced, which means it's probably going to be a pain in the butt to recover it because it's not, it's not something you can just restore at any time for the same reasons why they, they're not allowing normal cloud saves anyway. But so there's, there's at least that chance of a backup existing somewhere. It's just how easy it is to get to it is unknown. Right. And the feature will not be available at launch of the game, which also at this time, you're right, is rumor. All right. In fact, all of this is a rumor at this time because we don't have any concrete info about Animal Crossing other than, hey, there's a pole and you can float over to the other side of the river and there's going to be one island per switch and, and everybody can, lives there. And, and you can put sidewalks down. And you can put sidewalks down. You can craft stuff. That's about it, guys. And Isabel's there. And so's Tom Nook. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, we had to, to find if out if you're hearing, got a new job. Here's the deal. Before, before people accuse me and they're like, Marty's just being negative again. No, I'm bitter about this. Like, I, like, I feel like um, at this point... This is just my speculation. This is Marty's speculation. So don't don't rule this out or anything. Um, my speculation is is that Nintendo knows that this Animal Crossing is going to be an underwhelming experience, and that's why they're not saying anything about it. Hmm. And like, because that's what game companies do. If they don't talk. If they if they're not sending out review copies, if they're not beating the drum over and over and over again, then where there's smoke, there's fire. And I I feel like this is one of them things where it's like, okay, we they want Animal Crossing. Well, this is what we've got. Well, we just got to put it out there, and we'll piece it together like Splatoon two. You know, we'll piece it together in free DLC down the way. I, I like I'm at this point I'm worried about this game because we've heard nothing now. <clears throat> internet, you know, leakers or in info finders or whatever, like Sabi um, over on Twitter says that we're getting two directs in, in February. One of those will be an animal crossing direct uh, around the third week of the month. And again, this, again, just rumors, but Sabi has been right about stuff before. 
Uh, so it'll, it'll be worth waiting to see if that happens. And so if we're a month out from it, I get it. But here's, here's something I said earlier this week. How many, how many Pokemon presentations did we get before Pokemon came out? Like every six weeks. Yes. For a year, almost a year. How many times did we get shown Fire Emblem before it came out? Two or three times. And they wasted 20 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes of E3 once on, hi, I'm Puff the Magical Dragon. You live on my back, and I'm going to tell you how to use items in this game that sucks. Was that Xenoblade Chronicles 2? Yep. I said it. Sorry. Send hate mail to Justin Masson at nintendodads.org. So, I mean, the thing is, is like every big game, this is my point. Every big game that Nintendo has come out with since the Switch launched has been, except I'll say this, except for Breath of the Wild, has been info dump. Like more than more than we wanted to know, right? I mean, right. we've got tons of Splatoon stuff, we got tons of arms stuff, we got tons of everything. And then all of a sudden, here comes Animal Crossing, which they know is one of the most anticipated games for the system. And we have had it's it's been like a, a dehydrated man trying to find water in the desert to find if to me that smells like something's up. I you can call me out on it. You can tell me I'm wrong. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And so I wanted to throw out that one of my predictions from last month was that I think there will, there will be a post game update that will allow each switch to each switch's profile to have a unique uh, island, which then would allow the capability to do save state transfers from system to system. But because of the way the saves, saves are, is system-wide with profiles attached to it as opposed to the – the profiles attached to the save state, not the other way around. That's why it can't be transferred. Right. So I'm hoping I'm right and, uh, you know, one, to get the point next year <laughs> in, in 12 months. And the I other is just it'll right. make people I, happy. I mean, I don't care about the points. I, I mean, like, but what I want is – I have a switch and a switch light. I want to be able to put my island on whichever one of them I want whenever I want it. Right. It makes no sense for me to for 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 them to lock it down like this. You know, like this is where I have a bone to pick with Nintendo because like you never hear about Microsoft or Sony fanboys talking about how they Man, they don't let us move our data where we want it. They, you know, they don't, you know, the the system back in so hard to navigate. They had to make a special thing we had to pay for to move our data from one system to another. You never hear that. It's like Nintendo, come on, for real. Like it, it's not hard. Just let people move it. It's not like there's not millions of people out here nefariously plotting how to get stag beetles. Like a hundred stag beetles to break the game. No, they just want to be able. Like the whole point of it is this: I want to be able to play Animal Crossing with my wife. All right. So you can do that on this game. Two people can play at the same time on the same island. I love that. I love that she and I are going to be able to like sit down at night or sit down during the day and go around and get all of our stuff 
and hang out on the island and build stuff and craft stuff together. That's great. Now, here's the thing, though. If I want that on the TV where she can join me in doing that, then I have to play it on my OG Switch on the big boy, right? So if my island is locked to that, that means that when I go away and take my light with me, which is the only Switch I really travel with, I will not be able to play Animal Crossing until I get back. Unless I want to take the cartridge with me and start a brand new island. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to start a brand new island? Like, this makes no sense. Right. It doesn't make it. And then when you, if you're away with the cartridge, then your wife can't play it. Unless you buy two copies. And and the conspiracy theorists are saying that, well, that's what Nintendo wants. They want you to all buy a, a Switch and a copy of Animal Crossing. I, and I don't see it that way. But but here's the thing. There's been folks who are giving Nintendo way too big of a pass on this. This is crap. Let's just call it what right. it is. It's it's crap. Well, it's it's out of touch. And well, I, it, I, I do see it. It, it go, it's actually goes back to form the way the game played in the GameCube. But after not after being on the 3DS where it's a one user system that it, the game had to evolve and the game should have stayed evolved and not devolved back to what it was in the GameCube yeah. I, I'm not you know, I, I'm not interested in buying this I have no plans on it but if I was I wouldn't want my kids to log into their profile on my switch before I wake up and just ransacked all the trees. I would want the trees to myself. Yeah. Like I, here's the thing. Like the game is 6.2 gigabytes, right? How, how big does a save file have to be? It's not like we're, it's not like it's producing 20 gigabyte save files. Well, again, right? because of the way they're doing the save, they're like with Mario Odyssey, this, every, Profile has its own save state, so the save state is attached to the profile. But in this case, there is one save state that the profile is attached to, so it's backwards. So the system transfer settings aren't compatible with it. Something's backwards. Let's put it right. that way. Something's backwards. Like at this point, I thought that maybe we would be past that. I guess that's what it is. I guess it's. I guess it's disappointment because like you, you wait and you get hyped up about a game. And like you said, you know, you don't, you don't really care that much for animal crossing. I do. I love this series. I'm a huge fan of it. I've played every iteration of it. That's come out, even happy home designer, which was basically a tech demo. Uh, I like it's, it's just disappointing. It's disappointing. Like, because I do. And I know I got called out on Twitter this week. Hi, Bobby. Just saying it. Uh, that that it was I, that that me wanting to play it on my Switch and my Switch Lite was first world problems, and that may be that may be, but like when when I'm used here, here's the thing about yeah. Adam kind of said the same thing. When when you when you get used to using something a certain way, then why change the user experience for one title? Or, or for a certain handful of titles, right? Like, I was content to, like, it was a pain in the butt to move my Pokemon save back and forth between my Switch and my Switch Lite. 
when I wanted to go somewhere. And sometimes that was two, two times a day or more. And I don't have that great internet. And so sometimes like it didn't want to connect and it didn't want to do it because it was slow or whatever. I get that. Like I understand why they do that, but why not just, because here's the thing. If I play my Island with my wife, right. And, and we go around and we're gathering all of our fruit and doing whatever. Perfect. The next time she can't play and I'm playing by myself, is it going to restrict me for doing that? No. No, she's just not going to be there. She's going to be asleep in the town or whatever. Like I'll go knock on her door and I'll be like, oh, she's not here right now. Or oh, she's asleep. Can't come in. It's not going to restrict me from doing that. So why would it restrict me from moving my save file to my Switch Lite and taking it there? Like do it the way Pokemon does it. Like the, the save file is literally not there. Then nobody can mess with it. Well, there's still a save file, and it's still attached to the profile as opposed to the as I said the other way around. You you just don't see it, you know. Like taking Pokemon Raw sessions, you it, the profile gives you 20 save slots you can pick and choose from. Uh, but you know, so each game handles it slightly differently. But once you get once once they decided to have profiles attached to the save state, so the other way around, that mess messes up everyone's expectations. You know, and it's like Pokemon for a long time, you know, only had one, um, you know, only had the ability to play one, right? So on the 3DS, one right. one user profile, one one game, it's th- that's and, it. They fixed and, that with this version. They fixed well, that with the new generation. Well, and that was that's more of the system architecture of the Switch itself, not the game. Pokemon has always done that since day one. But <laughs> so that's the only the way. So that that's why it works that way on the switch. Uh, Tim says in the uh, Marty, don't get mad about something you don't know about. Get mad about not getting the details. Yes, not speculation. Okay, <laughs> he's speechless. I was now. I was trying to think of a comeback there. I was going to be like, well, fix your internet, but. Uh... <laughs> I'm mad that your internet sucks tonight and you're not here to tell me that in person. You know what? And here's the thing, probably February 20th, like I'll come back and I'll be like, yeah, I was wrong. I don't care. Right now I'm mad. Okay. And I, I'm sorry if that, if that bothers people, I'm sorry, but I like, I just, I love this company, but sometimes they just make me shake my head. Like no other, like I just go, or, or maybe it's more like, oh, Nintendo, you know, like, womp, womp. I don't know. There it is. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we will know more about Animal Crossing in the coming weeks. And maybe we'll not talk about it until then. Or maybe we'll just pick apart every 30-second commercial that comes out in a 50-minute video. Uh, that literally happened, by the way. Or save it for uh, Dan Crossing. Yes, let them ha- let them have it. Maybe they'll have a better view of it. I don't know. I don't know. Again, direct all hate mail to Justin Masson at NintendoDads.com. So it's, it's just just Justin. It's the first name only if you're using that, oh, that, that domain. Thank you for that. Justin at NintendoDads.org. The question is, I don't know if he's ever logged in to know that it works, but that, that's the way I've configured it to work. Well, that, maybe that's why I'm sending them there. 
Oh, speaking of sending people there, uh, right now you can go over to kickstarter.com and uh, search up the wonderful 101. Yes, the uh, cult classic Wii U game is being kickstarted for a remastered version on Switch and other platforms that we will not mention on the show because we don't believe in those platforms. No, I don't care. The PlayStation and other other places it's going. Uh, the Kickstarter actually began this week during recording of Dads After Dark 3. And by the time the episode was over, they had already reached their funding goal. And now, Jesse, what is the total that they are sitting at as of right now? With 28 days to go, which means it started like two days ago, uh, they are at $1,428,700. Wow. Their original goal was 50000 and it says um, estimated ship is April 2020, which tells me that this game is probably is mostly, if not already done. They so, but instead of doing their like traditional marketing and like surveys ga- uh, gauging interest, they said let's do this and make people put their money where their mouth is. So because if they put out like a regular survey, like through Google, YouTube ads, whatever. They can, someone could say, yeah, sure, I want to buy it, but never do it. But here, if they say, yeah, I want to buy it, guess what? You just bought it. Yep. How many backers uh, as of right now? 22,084. And that does include, that was, some of them are like pretty pricey tiers. Like the game itself, you know, everything's in priced in yen and then converted, so some of the values may vary. But the, the digital is $36, physical is $41. Uh, but they have like a $5,000 tier, like it's like fifty five, like 550,000 yen. Is that the one where you get blocked by Kamiya? <sighs> yes. <On> Twitter? <laughs> yes. And it's this is my favorite goal ever. It's, just, it's limited to seven and there are, there are six backers. Wow. Wow. Pay $5,000 for this guy to tweet you and then block you on Twitter, but he won't block you if you ask him not to. <laughs> That's just genius. Um, we need to start a Kickstarter, Jesse. Start getting oh, some ideas oh, together. Th- there All are right. other tiers that has that as a prize, if you can call it a prize. Well, but I, yeah, there apparently some people can. Uh, I would like to point out that the it's like you know, anything a thousand people a thousand dollars or more has that as a as a prize. Okay, uh, twenty two thousand people backing this means that twenty thousand more people than played it on the Wii U are actually interested in this game. Probably. <laughs> uh, I I would be interested, honestly interested to know uh, how many of these break down to PS4, uh, other platforms, and Switch. Because that yeah. that data is not out yet, yeah. uh, but this has been something that people have been after for um, after for a while, you know, to come to the switch. Yeah, the the fifty the original fifty thousand goal was just for the switch only, and then stretch goals, uh, like for at two hundred fifty thousand was a PC version through Steam, five hundred thousand was a PS four version, one million adds a time attack mode. And that 1.5 million adds a new 2D side-scrolling mission. And they're going to get that. Yeah, definitely get that. 
They're definitely going to get that. I mean, then, you know, the Kickstarters always have a final push, like the first, the last couple of days. And it's, it's going to go like, what, what do you think this is going to stop at? Like what, what's it going to top out at? 2.5 to three. I, I was thinking 2.5 as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if the game's already over and they wanted $50,000 for it, <laughs> they're making a buttload of money here. Right. And the, the, currently the top um, stretch goal is one and three quarter million to get a remix soundtrack featuring a secret special guest, whatever that means. Um, and it, the graphic doesn't end. It kind of fades to white, which means there might be more added later. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this thing goes. My question is this. I, I, I thought I was hoping Justin would be on because we talk about he would help us with the business side of this. Why Kickstarter? I mean, you already covered it kind of like putting your money where your mouth is. But like for $50,000 in a game that was published by Nintendo and really the I think the, the brunt of that, like reviving it would fall on them. Why Why go to Kickstarter for this? I don't know. It's just an interesting uh, marketing strategy. I th- I, I think uh, just like a, a glorified survey that uh, where you have to you, you vote with your wallet, as, a, as we like to say. Yeah, I but guess so. It'd be interesting to hear what uh, Justin's take is on that. Well, Tim is with us now. So, uh, Tim, what's your take? Why? Why? Uh, we want to thank you for joining the show, by the way. We hope that your internet holds out. Uh, now you can tell me what to get mad about in, in person. Appreciate that. <laughs> and that sounded really sarcastic and bitter, and I did not mean it for that. Uh, mean it to sound that way. I love you. You're a fine gentleman. Uh, why, why Kickstarter for Wonderful 101? Um, that's something I've been trying to figure out. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's been something I've been trying to figure out too. I don't know if it seems like it's, it didn't seem like they needed the money uh, for one and two, it may maybe to gauge, I guess, like you guys said, the survey to gauge interest um, because they, there was a lot there had, I have noticed a lot of people liking or, you know, talking about, they liked the game. Um, but um, actually, what I thought was funny, actually, just listening to Donnie at, at Nintendo Shack talk about it, too, was that he was saying it seemed like there was a lot more backers than were actual people who bought it the first time around on Wii U. That's what Marty said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so I think it's one of those games at this point that has has reached kind of like I, I called it a cult classic, cult status. Like it's it's like, oh, wonderful 101. You know, it's so awesome. But I, like, I feel like a lot of people who say it was awesome or say they won it never played it the first time. And yeah, it, 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 what a thing that was went against it was it was a relatively early ga- uh, game for the system. So back when there was maybe two million units sold, so you're not you're probably going to sell one hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred thousand at most. Yeah, I. It's going to be interesting to see how this translates over to the Switch. I, I would say it's probably not going to take that much work. I did read that they're aiming for 1080p with 60 frames per second throughout the entire game uh, when it's docked. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. But like I liked the gameplay for the most part. 
but there were times like when you were like doing the forms that it wouldn't recognize and you would get hit or you'd die because of it or, or things like that. Like I wish there was a way for them to kind of tighten that up some, but I, I played it enough on, I actually owned it on Wii U. Um, but it was one of those, Hey, pl- I bought it late life cycle. I got it for like 1995. Did you play it with the touchpad controls or did you play it with like pro controller? I would probably play with pro controller. I think it would feel better that way. Okay. Cause you know, there was some talk on discord. Someone goes, isn't it like designed for Wii U? So they're going to have to make changes. And they're like, no, no pro controller was supported. So the game already knows how to handle it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the one of the ways I mean you, that you you form up is like hold the shoulder button and you use your little people with the right stick to draw the form of whatever you're wanting, but at the same time it leaves you vulnerable. So right, it, it's going to be like I I'll probably pick it up, but like I, I we were talking about before the show started, I probably will not kickstart this game. I will let everybody else do that because I already bought it once. So uh, if you want it, make it a reality, and you're already doing that, and then I'll buy it when it's uh, in the bargain bin. I think, I think we, we've been uh, burned too many times from Kickstarter games, right? <laughs> yeah. Not, not yeah, mentioning uh, any games with numeric values in them. In the no, time. no, not obviously. I was talking about Bloodstained. Um, Justin got burned by that one. Um but that's why I say like board games have I feel like have a, a pretty good success rate on Kickstarter. Video games, not so much. But anyway, that's that. Uh, let's hit some more highlights uh, from some news here. Uh, Nintendo has reported 15 million paid Nintendo Switch online accounts worldwide. Uh, that is 7% uh, of its total sale through. However, uh, I read an article today that said that um, – that number is actually more like 28%, uh, which if you look at that is pretty good considering that PlayStation Plus only has a uh, 32% uh, attach rate for its online. And that's after 10 years and they're literally giving away free games over there. Well, so it also uh, costs three times as much. That's true. So, but 28%, not too bad. Uh, not not anything to sneeze at there. Um, that seven percent was actually the vote. That, that was uh, the vote. The vote. That was results, actually the vote in our poll. It was twenty eight percent attach rate uh, of from fifteen million. So, cheers. Uh, it's doing good. Nintendo uh, needs. I, I was talking about this with somebody earlier this week. Actually, that um, they need to add some value to this. I know they've talked about adding oh. value, but like. It's time for like Nintendo games that come out that have online components to have their own servers and different things like that. Like let's let's get up in the mid two thousands, you know. Yeah. Also remember, <laughs> you can have multiple paid NSO accounts with one switch. So That's it, true. It kind of skews the numbers a little bit. So attach rate kind of isn't a good way to look at this. Whereas with PS4, it still makes sense because you only need. The primary is the only one that needs it, and every other account can use it. That's right. But that's not how it works on the Switch. Mm. Uh, Also this week, I thought this was interesting. Masahiro Sakurai uh, was interviewed (laughs) about why are there so many Fire Emblem characters in Smash. His response was, I understand there are too many Fire Emblem characters in Smash. (laughs) 
uh, too many sword users as well. But uh, I don't pick the characters. Was basically what he was saying. So another, he just so makes, in other words, we're going to get no tells him. So we're going to get Shibasa in Smash next. Oh, listen. If it's another Fire Emblem character in this next pack, well, she, people, she, she, you know, she's from Tokyo Raw Sessions. Well, it's still <laughs> Fire Emblem. Uh, it's still too close to Fire Emblem. Uh, that, that was the joke. Yes, <laughs> I just think I just think it's funny that Sakurai's like, yeah, I get it. There's too many in there. I'm sorry, can't do anything about it. Not my call. <laughs> They're paying my paychecks. They're feeding me and my family. Um, I thought this was a little interesting note as well. Uh, we we may have not touched on this in uh, uh last couple episodes, but Nintendo announced that they will in, um, end uh, servicing of the Wii in Japan uh, in the next couple, by the end of February. Uh, no more parts are available. They will not be fixing the Wii past February. Now Nintendo has also announced in Japan that at the end of February that they will end Nintendo Zone and 3DS stations uh, across Japan uh, on February 28th. I thought they already shut them down. So that's how out of touch I am with that topic. Yeah, well, they, they've definitely done it here in the States. Because I remember Best Buy used to be like, come by and get your Animal Crossing piano or get your pants or whatever. And now it's... Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Because I know I used to go to like the McDonald's to get 3DS. Uh, yeah, you could do it in, yeah, you do it in McDonald's too. But Best Buy had some exclusive stuff there for a while. And, and there was a way you can actually fake out your your router to make the 3ds think it's one of these stations i never did that though and I re- but i really wanted to at the time i didn't have any spare routers no i have multiple spare routers laying around and i could do it but now it's now it's not worth trying well that that sound that you're hearing in the distance is uh the nails being driven into the coffin of the 3ds too bad Justin's not here to see this it's time folks <laughs> it's time it's time to let it go Time to let it go. It's, we've had some good times, but uh, not going to let this die. It's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Come on, man. Look, just Mine's- set it. Let it sit up there and look pretty. It's it's time to <laughs> let it go. We're going to start singing the song. <laughs> I don't want a copyright strike. Oh, okay. It, right. Are you talking about the Sarah McLaughlin song that they play over sad dogs and cats? No, from Frozen. <laughs> either one. Yeah. Either one. I will remember you. <laughs> 3DS. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll remember the 3DS. There's t- look, there, we, there's been some healthy, healthy discussion about 3DS, uh, particularly the new 3DS going on over on our Discord uh, and faceplates. I've, I've loved seeing people's faceplates. I love the new 3DS. We just got rid of ours uh, at our house. My son decided he did not want that anymore. Um, <clears throat> he went and traded it in at GameStop. Look at there, the KK faceplate from Tim. <laughs> um, I personally, uh, you know, I, I've said a lot of negative things about 3DS, but I love 3DS. I just think it's time to move on. I think it's time to focus on one system, one development house. Let's, you know, process. Let's get behind it. Let's let's make tons of great games for one you know system. What? Um, well, Marty, I agree with you. Uh, I think it's actually a great, uh, it doesn't need any new software. I think it's a great, um, cl- like a classic system in a way where you can play a lot of the virtual console yeah. stuff still, a lot of the older games that you can still buy. I think it's a great piece to go back and play some games on. 
Yeah, he's he was like, are you trading your 2DS? I was like, heck no. I'm not trading my 2DS. I've got games on that I still love. Right. Uh, I've got a ton of games. I put, I put a lot of money into 3DS because uh, it was the uh, the system that was getting me by during the Wii U droughts. So, uh, but so the, I guess well, it, it, if you want to say it in a nice way, these are the signs of 3DS is coming to an end, most definitely, right? Like Nintendo is starting to stop support for it and extraneous things. And so uh, don't be surprised if we see an announcement here in the next year. 3DS is no more. Um, guys, they, that they is... They still sold <laughs> quarter of a million units in the last quarter. So I know. So, yeah, hardware is still selling somehow. As Justin says, as long as it's making money, right? Yep. Uh, let's discuss a couple of things, shall we? Uh, I just wanted to touch on this for just a minute, but it was revealed this week that NVIDIA's or NVIDIA will um, be unveiling a brand new service called GeForce Now gaming anywhere and anytime. The question that was asked was, could this be where Nintendo goes with cloud-based gaming? Because as many people know, the Switch is based on uh, the GeForce architecture, I guess, and the way that that system works and was put together. Uh, I don't know much about... It basically shares hardware with the NVIDIA Shield. Yeah, I I don't know much about that on the hardware side of things for NVIDIA or the Shield or anything like that, but um, Tim, why don't, why don't you kind of talk about this here for just a minute? And then this next Lex discuss, uh, topic is one that makes you mad. And I'm definitely going to throw it to you there as well. Uh, but what, why you and Jesse, you guys probably know a lot about this more than I do. So why, why, why could this be where Nintendo goes with cloud-based gaming? So yeah, it was something I, I didn't even think was, uh, didn't even think about until, NVIDIA came out and said they were bringing GeForce Now out of beta and bringing it into where everybody can go in and, you know, sign up for it. And it was like, it just hit me like a light bulb, you know, or like like lightning, I should say. And uh, that this could be a possibility where Nintendo goes to get jump into the cloud-based gaming market. Um, they don't have to rely on Xbox or, you know, in the xCloud and they don't have to rely on PlayStation and anything they're doing. They could do their own thing with NVIDIA, which they're already working with. Like you said, Jesse, they're already working with that architecture. Uh, and it seems like it w- could slide right in with no problem. Not saying they wouldn't use xCloud, you know, if there's some sort of monetary way to, to gain for them for Nintendo. But uh, Nintendo Japan just, has dabbled with streaming before, like Resident Evil 7, and I think one other game yeah. was done that way. But that was that was made available shared, here. They even shared games, some Nintendo games. I don't remember which ones with Nvidia when they were doing GeForce Now. There, there were some well, games that that was, that, that was uh, making hardware for China before Switch was officially a thing in China, because uh, Ch- laws in China don't allow for game consoles as they as we know them, but. Things might have changed recently, but uh, basically, they had to be like plug and play units. That's why the N sixty four, the Chinese version of the N sixty four, is is looks like a big circle with the with the buttons right. on it. It plugs into the TV and this works. So well, like, I do they, that. they had this type of thing 
that could play Switch and Wii U games on Switch-like hardware with everything built in or something that could be downloadable. That's how the, Switch, the Chinese version of that worked. Well, there was that, but I could have swore there was also a game or two that Nintendo gave to NVIDIA to allow them to run on their GeForce Now service. In the Possibly early that I don't know about, but that, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look that up. But yeah, so I, I'm actually excited about it because it's it's another route that we weren't thinking of, or at least I wasn't thinking of. And also, with because it works with Steam, it is something that Nintendo games have already been doing. A few of them have been doing is cross-save with Steam games. So I think that would be really cool, too, if there was some way to play these games in the cloud without having to worry about how much... Um, you know, how much processing speed that the Switch has when it doesn't need to rely on that. And since the Switch and the NVIDIA hardware shares components, or at least compatible components, uh, the the software is already written. Maybe it needs to be tweaked a little bit, but all Nintendo would need are servers running with content to run on them, and they can put, they can make their own little, like, PlayStation now like service for Nintendo games if they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why I just thought I'd throw that out that's there. That's the big question can, is if they wanted to. If they wanted to do that, if they felt <laughs> it was viable. But you know, they said they're looking into uh, into all that kind of stuff, but you never know. That could extend the length yeah. of the switch for as far as we know. You, you say you never know, and on meanwhile, on the other hand, like we're watching Google Stadia implode daily. Right. Like, you know, I mean, just some of the tone deaf comments that that their guys over there made, like, it's up to software companies to tell us when they want to bring new games to the stadia. No, it's not. Yeah. I, well, uh, at least Microsoft is claiming that Google is more of a competitor than Nintendo at this point. Well, the, but that's because, like, that's- Nintendo and Microsoft are like friends with benefits <laughs> at this point. Yeah. You know, like it's it's like if they get together when it's convenient and when something is good to cross over. And Sony, I, I don't think Microsoft sees Sony as a problem because uh, and and I, it could be on the other hand, just a, a way, another way of looking at this is that maybe uh, maybe Xbox is adopting some of Nintendo's thinking here of we don't have to compete, we're making money. We're, right. we're doing what we do. You know, it's things are good over in Xbox land. We've got a handful or we've got, you know, this many devoted people who are going to buy in no matter what. So I think that as they, as they think about Amazon and Google, it's more of service on the whole that they're worried about, right? Like it's not just, it's not just gaming, I guess is what I'm saying because Microsoft has already had aspirations of, uh, media streaming and different things like that before, and they killed it. It could be they're about to journey out into that again. Yeah, Amazon. While there's kind of been rumors of them possibly trying to get into gaming, but they at least have a significant backbone of of like a web services type of architecture that other system, other programs, including many of the, the mobile games. Can leverage for, for like 
I don't know if Pokemon Go uses Amazon AWS or not, but an example is, you know, when you throw that Pokeball, it sends a message to a server and it gets a response whether it's a catch or not. And that's the type of communication that AWS works with. Yeah. And there, I mean, it could, it could be stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see it all, uh, play out. Let's move on and let's talk about this, uh, next topic here. Uh, Tim, uh, this one is, is, man, it's a slow softball directly in the hitbox for you. Uh, recently EA made some comments about uh, Nintendo Switch, basically teasing that, um, there are projects that they are working on for the system. Uh, but they also said this, we're very pleased with how well Nintendo has done with switch. Uh, I mean, people love the platform. They enjoy it. It's great. We're always looking and discussing with Nintendo, what else we can put on the platform. And as you can imagine, as the platform grows, our interest in adding content grows for that platform. But we're also conscious of the fact that the top-selling titles by a long shot are all Nintendo software, which is fabulous software, but it helps us balance sort of realities, sort of the realities of how big our markets can be there, but trust that we're looking at that. So in other yes. words... Uh, yes, we acknowledge that the switch is selling like gangbusters. No, we are not interested in bringing software to it yet. So my question after hearing all that gobbledygook, which kind of sounds like some of the gobbledygook that comes out of the mouth of our president. Most of the times it's fabulous software. It's the best. It's by, by and large, by far, it's the most fabulous software. It's the most selling software. We're going to have the best. But we want to have the best. EA wants to have the best, not Nintendo. We want to we want to have the best, most fabulous software. That that just sounded like crap. Like just it's such a pity pat, <laughs> trite answer meant to make everybody go, oh, oh, EA's trying to. They're going to put things on the switch. We don't know when, but they, but it's coming. No, they're not. Well, we, we, I, we've you, we've seen this you before. Said. We've said this before. They've been saying this for three years. And you said when this Whoa. comment came out on Discord, Tim said this, and I quote, he said, nothing, no issue in gaming makes me matter than EA and Nintendo's relationship. So no. I want, like, yeah, I at, want. At the Wii U's announcement, they put up a slide with a crap ton of third-party games, including e EA was on stage with them. Yes. And, and never got a thing. Right. So so let me let me say this. I want to see a new Tim here. I want I want you to let loose. I I, I need to hear the question that that I kind of came up was at this point who needs who, or does Nintendo even need EA? So go. This is your thing. So the comment they made that was frustrating to me uh, in regards to look at their top ten list. It's all Nintendo games. Well, yeah, it's Nintendo's report. It's all going to be Nintendo games. They're not going to report out on third-party games. They're not going to put their you know third-party games so numbers out there. They, I don't know if any other game has sold any third-party game has sold five million. Maybe not. But it's if it has, no one's going to report no one has publicly it. said it. They're they're not going to report on it. They didn't publish it, so they're not well, going to report on well, it. Well, I mean, not Nintendo. Obviously, not Nintendo. But I'm talking about the publishers 
that are the right. other publishers. Okay. If if there was a game that sold more than five million, they would have said something. And yeah. I don't, as far as I know, nothing has been said. So right, yes, yeah. But we do hear if some if a publisher or a developer has sold a game in in the eShop and it's done very well and done better than any other area, they do promote right. it that way. Like we've heard of indie games selling a million copies, right. So it'd be very interesting to hear about other third parties, how well their games have been doing. Like, like say, even Ubisoft, even though they did something direct with Nintendo, doing the uh, Mario and Rabbids game, how well did that sell? What numbers were that, those at? You know, that type well, of here, here, it's ironic that you say that, because I, t- I just Googled while you were talking uh, third-party Nintendo Switch sales figures. And what I came up with is uh, the 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 updated list that we talked about on the show last week, I believe. You know, Mario Kart sitting at almost 23 million sold. Uh, we don't get into a nin- non-Nintendo published game until 20. And that is Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle at 2 million, which was published in North America by Ubisoft, but in Japan was published by Nintendo. From there, number 23 is Minecraft. That's, of course, from Mojang and Xbox Game Studios. And from there, there's only one other game on the top 30 list that is from a third-party developer. And guess what it is, Tim? Guess what it's it is? FIFA. Nope. <laughs> it's freaking Enter the Gungeon. Oh, wow. nice. Enter the Gungeon at 1 million by Devolver Digital and Dodge Roll. Uh, very well deserved, by the way. In this thing, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Get you some gungeon. Uh, so I'm sorry, I just had to break in. I want, I wanted to. That's good. I, I like numbers, so there you go. Yeah. So in regards to who needs who at this point, I think it's still they. They both still need each other. Right now, yes, Nintendo may not need EA. But EA right now does need Nintendo. They're hurting for cash. They're hurting for money. And I would have thought they would have been, you know, they're a company. They want to make money. They would have jumped on this. You know, they would have been all over it to say, okay, let's get out a good product to sell. And I mean that in good product, not just porting some crap over that is, you know, not even the right or, or an old, uh, uh, platform, not platform. Um, what do you call, what do you call for us bite? What is that? Uh, engine. The engine. engine, thank you. Yeah, not using an older engine because you can't come up with something else that would work best on that platform. You know, that's to me. That's I talked about this. To me, that's EA being lazy. They yeah, developed this great engine, but they don't want to create something more specific for something that would work on a popular system. Yeah, yeah I, just, I, I've said this multiple times too over the years. But you know, when, when EA tries, they don't really try. Like. Mass Effect 3 was released on Wii U for $60 a week before the Mass Effect trilogy was on every other system for $40. Uh, when they released FIFA 20 Legacy Edition on the Switch, which is basically FIFA 19 with updated roster. Literally the yeah. same game. They- so, out of out of the five games that, that EA has released on Nintendo Switch in three years, two of them are indie games. Uh Faye and Unravel 2, and the other three are FIFA. Yeah. And so it stands to reason 
that if you're not seeing the sales that you want to, uh, maybe it's because you're only releasing soccer. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and a couple of indies. Again, we said this before, but I think a good game that would fit well with the Switch, Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, the, yeah. the Plants vs. Zombies shooter would be amazing. Yeah, take the time to develop games that you know will work for that audience, like Plants vs. Zombies or Sims uh, or... Or even, you know, they, they did it at one point, and I heard a lot of people say they like it. Maybe not enough to EA standards, I guess, but the EA, the last Madden game, I think, that came out for the 3DS. I heard a lot of people say, hey, that was actually a pretty good Madden game for that. So I, I don't know, you know, maybe it just wasn't enough, or that was just like, that was the last straw or something that broke the camel's back. Because that's, I think, when they pulled out from making any more portable games, and then eventually pulled out from Nintendo altogether. So, uh, and that the the excuse for saying, "Well, we're watching to see how things are going," and that's that's, you know, Shellshock Prime and, says, "I have three words for you: need for speed." At, at yes, this yes. point, here here's the deal. At this point, yes. we know for sure that the Switch has surpassed Xbox One in lifetime sales. It's yes. happened. It's been confirmed by us. It's also been confirmed by IGN, if you need to go a little bit higher in the food chain. In fact, it was, I mean, it was a big topic on their podcast this week. So you basically have one of the major AAA third-party developers saying, no, we'd rather develop for this underselling system than for the brand new hotness that just overtook it. To me, when we talk about disconnection, right, we've talked about it with Nintendo, with Animal Crossing. It seems like there's a disconnection there. And then uh, there was another disconnection that you were talking about earlier. But it seems like there's a disconnection between probably corporate leadership there saying just being behind the eight ball there, where, okay, we're going to develop for PS4 and Xbox, Switch is selling gangbusters. Oh, we need money. Let's still sell, make games for PS4 and Xbox, but not the Switch. Mm. I, I don't understand and that even thought. The Wii, the Wii era was, it, it wasn't as drastic because, you know, the, the Wii still outsold the PS3 and 360, but just by a lesser margin. I think by, by the end of it, when the, Wii, when the Wii started tanking in sales, the others were still going. It's still like within 10 million from top to bottom. But, uh, that so the we had the the market share, but people didn't want to make a game in, that ran at four eighty i. Yeah, and they and that's and, kind of understandable. You see, that definitely limits. But with the switch, that the switch has less limitations than what the we had. Speaking of the needs for speed franchise that did really well I thought on both the portable and the home console. In fact, I really liked. I preferred. The last Need for Speed game on the Wii U because of the the you know gamepad um, playing that game that last version of Need for Speed on the Wii U uh, as opposed to the PS3 I think or or even PS4 whichever system that came out for too but I liked it on that gamepad and I I still have it to this day because it's one of my favorite Need for Speeds so they're just missing out yeah I mean I think you know you've got companies like 
or devs or reporters or however you, whatever you want to call them, like Panic Button, who are just absolutely killing it, right, with everything they release. And then you have EA, who's like, well, we'll just ship FIFA 19 again and slap a 20 sticker on it and update the roster. And then when it, enough, not just, enough people buy it, they're like, oh, not enough people are buying it because they prefer to buy it. Uh, yeah, because you're making it better. It, so. It's like massively all over Same thing they said about Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3 came out and they're like, no, people aren't buying it. Well, yeah, because it's been out for a year on another system and you just released all three of them for $40 and you want us to buy this for $60. Makes no sense and you use it for more of your garbage. Uh, Like, I'm not expecting Jedi Fallen Order on the Switch by any means. I am. that game was beautiful. <laughs> I don't know that it could run on the Switch. It made my uh, PlayStation sound like it was going to explode at, at parts. You know, like I'm not expecting that. But here's what I am expecting. Uh, if you can't put your AAA game on there, at least make an effort to put something on there. Like I would be happy with an EA Access subscription like they've just launched on Xbox. Why in the world is The Sims not on Switch? Right. That, that's simple. It's on <laughs> iOS, and it can't be on the Switch. That's malarkey. That, 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 and that's the See, nicest thing. Well, my I daughter would buy that. I would love The Sims. There's tons of people who would love The Sims on Switch. I think there's even still other strategies they could go about along with that, you know, games that obviously make sense for it, but they could do other, like everybody's doing the classic route, right? Classic, classic collections of this or that. And another thing, I think that a classic game with the newer roster of say Madden would work even, you know, obviously they, but you got, it's gotta be still with some creativity behind it. Yeah. yeah, it may not it may not look like PS4 graphics, but I think I you know people love Tecmo Bowl. You know they were. I talking mean, look at look at, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Look at Tecmo Bowl. People still jonesing over Tecmo Bowl twenty yeah. what thirty years later, yes. almost. Come on, all it takes is a little bit of imagination, a little bit of power and know how, and try. And they don't they. As I as I said about something else this week, their give a darns broke, and <laughs> they they just don't care. They are content to let the PlayStation money roll in, and it's lazy. and And here's the thing: more people, more gamers, need to be more vocal about laziness that they see in video game devs. They are being vocal with the wallets, right? Which is why EA is saying, "Oh, not enough Nintendo, uh, you know, customers are buying our products." Yeah, because you're making crappy products. <laughs> so they're speaking with their wallets. So that's why EA is not coming there. That's fine, and it is frustrating for me as as a fan, especially the Madden games. Or I think somebody even brought up Command and Con- Conquer. That is a game that I've been interested in trying and never got around to trying. Yep. So. Um, uh, shell shocked it. So yeah, he brought that up. Um, uh, but yeah, there's plenty. There's plenty in EA's catalog that I think would work on the Switch that they haven't. They haven't even given the try. I, I think where the frustration comes from is knowing that they've gotten 
they've got several high profile licenses locked down like Madden, like Star Wars, like Command and Conquer, like stuff like that, and will never see the light of the day on the Switch for some for whatever reason. When yeah. they could do all kinds of stuff with it. Yeah. Uh, everybody's doing their classic collections. Makes no EA sense. Too. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Thanks, let's talk. Thanks for Lim events. Thanks for. No, Lim that's events. fine. That look, <laughs> that that may be the theme of tonight's show. I completely went off on Animal Crossing earlier, so uh, that's just what it is. Sometimes you just need to vent. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing. Jesse, we're going to start with you this week because Tim has an absolutely ungodly list uh, compiled in the uh, in the doc. I mean, it's, it's like it's like a dang uh, pitch on the back of a book when I'm in the bookstore trying to get me to buy it. But I, I, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. So, Jesse, what have you been playing? Okay, so I played more of Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp at the Encore. I am I'm past where I got stuck in the Wii U. And I, I got stuck at that point again here, and if, in the, the last like hour of playing, I found what I missed and got to the next section. So I'm now past that, and I'm, I'm crawling around in the final dungeon, expecting the final boss, you know, at the end of it. And you know, I don't think there's there's probably going to be very minimal, if any, post game. Again, I don't know. I've never I've never researched the end of the game, and I've never gotten there. So I hope to be able to have that finished this weekend. So when you finish it, about how many hours do you expect to have put into it? I'm almost 60 hours now. Wow. Which I think is less time than I did on the Wii U, but there are some things available now that speeds things up that wasn't available in the Wii U. Again, I'm still planning on putting out a comparison video. I have to, my son has my Wii U, so I'm planning on going there this weekend to remind myself of what the Wii U had, try to record some footage from that, and then come up with a script and record footage in the Switch here at the house and then put it together. So I don't know when I'll have that ready, but uh, that's still on my to-do list. And the other game I played is the Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers demo, which is available on the Japanese eShop. It is not in English, so... No, it is not. Because <laughs> I played this too. Yeah, and I think Tim also played it. And so I, I thought of... So I, I did the live stream of it last night, so that's out on YouTube. Uh, midway through, I'm like, oh, I have a translation app that kind of a- ARs the text, so it kind of replaces the Japanese with English. English-ish. <laughs> Sometimes... Sometimes the translations are iffy at best, but uh, it definitely, from what I was able to pick up, sounds like it's got an interesting story so far. And if the if they do an English demo, I'm definitely going to re-download that and replay through that. Yeah, and and let me say this because I only played like 15 minutes of it because I got to a point where it was like I'm just hitting buttons to get to the next fight scene, you know, or whatever. Uh, but one thing I, I, that this game makes very clear from the beginning, this is not a retelling of Persona 5. No, this is a this, this is definitely a sequel. Cause it, it's, it is a continuation. The game, because they, they, make, they make references of a reunion. So, you know, they, they, they went their own ways 
at the end of the first original game and then came back. The game starts out in mid-July. I, the uh, Persona games generally are April to February. So this is probably five or six months after the game, the first game ended. Yeah. Tim, what do you think about this? Uh, the the uh, Persona game, the scramble, right? So, yeah, I downloaded it and I used my phone's camera. In fact, I posted you know some of the pictures on Jesse's uh, post there on Twitter. I posted some of the pictures I took using my uh, Samsung camera because it could translate. Uh, I was using that to help translate some moments yeah, it, in the text. It, it looks like it's the same app that I was using on my iPhone. Yeah, it's pretty pretty similar there, but it wasn't perfect, obviously. But it, I was just trying to get a feel for things, get an idea of how it was. It's not something I'm going to go jump back into and spend a lot of time in because of the language barrier. But I'm I am super excited about the English version coming, so I can't wait. It is type of game I like is kind of like the hack and slash type things of uh, gameplay and I'm going to get a taste of the Persona world with the story once I get the English version so I'm really excited about that yeah. so technical wise the, the game ran smooth apparently 30 frames a second I didn't notice any frame frame drops um, I saw Game Explain put out a video comparing the Switch version and the PS4 version they look almost identical they're the only difference might be uh, screen uh, screen uh, draw distance differences, but you're not. If you're in the middle of a fight, you're not looking at the horizon. You're looking at your feet, <laughs> so that really doesn't matter. Yes, and uh, but yeah. yeah. Do you think that having played this now, Jesse? Do you think that Persona Five on Switch is possible? I think it makes sense, though, because people. Because it is a sequel, people who haven't played the PS3 or PS4 version will want to know what the story is. Because you know you're 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 thrown in to this cast of characters that you have no idea who they are, right? You have no idea why you should care about them. Where you learn this through the original game. That the the only gripe is loading times are horrendous, and hope they clean that up when. Before the game launches, even the PS again, Game Explains video compared loading times as well between the systems, and it was still slow from PS4 point of uh, comparisons. But then the Switch was about a forty percent increase in times load times on top of the PS4. Like one example was a ten second load time on PS4 was like a six fourteen or sixteen second load time. So it uh, that that's painfully noticeable and hope they're able to clean that up before game launch. The game is released in Japan next, uh, the 20th. So two weeks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, no word. No idea when it's coming out here. Yeah. I expect it to at some point, but uh, no word. Uh, Large games like that usually take most of a year for localization. If they don't do it concurrently. Like the Dragon Quest games do, Pokemon do, uh, Persona does not, because Atlas is not a larger, it's a good sized studio, but it's not as large as Square Enix or, or, uh, uh, Game Freak. And which which will use Nintendo resources. (laughs) Mm. 
it's surprising yeah. that they're not doing working on that quicker because of you know Joker being in the Smash game. So yeah, like I like I I I thought by now we would see Persona Five on Switch. Honestly, I thought that was an E three announcement. I thought that was coming soon after. And who knows? Maybe it'll maybe it'll pop up in the mysterious direct that we think we're going to get every day. Uh, now, so uh, who knows? My uncle says next uh, next week. <laughs> Your uncle. <laughs> yeah, and and if they do start putting Persona games out there, I'd like to see three and four dumped as well. They're they definitely are are a more aged version of what you know where five is like the, the most current, but they still are good games. I'd be down for a Persona collection. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I tried playing the original and the and the Persona Two games, and uh, those didn't hook me as well, mainly because the PS One era and the, those games are just hard to hard to look at. Fifteen right. twenty years later, I was this yeah. close. The Persona Four on the Vita, the the whatever they called it on that one, but never got it. Uh, you should still look into it because that is probably the best game on the system. Okay. Wow. Uh, I, Tim, I, I, I put a hundred hours in to the Persona Four on the PS2, and I put a hundred hours in on Persona Four Golden on the Vita. Yeah, that's right. It was Golden. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, Tim, let's let's continue with you here. Um, what else have you been playing? Uh, well, there's a, there's a few things I've been playing that I rolled out videos for recently. So I got to test out actually a couple products, which was the Gravelogic Switchblades. Uh, actually, they're you know, two things that you can put on the end of your switch on the sides and the rails uh, when you take your Joy-Cons off. So when you play in tabletop mode, they kind of protect the rails and protect the connections there. Mm. Uh, they're, re- they're really nice looking. Like the ones I got sent from Gravelogic look like, you know, silver, black and gray marble. Kind of like Onyx uh, or something. Yeah, they look really nice. And they looked really good on my Switch. I don't usually play tabletop mode that much, but now now they got this uh, Switch controller as well that, that I got to test out. Not through Nintendo Dads. I actually did it because I was a, a customer of the company who makes electronic com- parts on Amazon. Um, they said, hey, we made a Switch controller. We know she buys Switch things. Do you want to try out this controller? And I was okay. like, hey, that's, that's convenient. Hey, we've been stalking your order history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a thirty-dollar controller, and it's um, it what what made me jump on it was that it's has every feature a pro controller has, and that yes, that includes <laughs> NFC. So I have yet nice. to see one of those. Not, and it's only thirty dollars. So, uh, so far so good. The things I've tried it with, um, it's pretty solid it feels great in my hand uh triggers are good the only complaint i had so far was the d-pad is mushy like any other one there's nothing that really matches a nintendo d-pad right but it just feels you know as you, when you look at it on screen and in the video i was doing the uh i called it the laundry line video because <laughs> i was doing my laundry at the time uh when you see it on there it looks like a playstation controller yeah and, yeah that's exactly what i thought it looked like well, what's that it big old home as, button? It looks like a Wii. It was designed for Wii U, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it's it feels great so far. Um, I haven't tested a, enough. Like, 
I actually haven't had a chance to test it out on one of my favorite racing games, which is Asphalt 9, which, yes, I've been playing more of. uh, But that's because I try to do those daily challenges in that game and play multiplayer rankings uh, to get packs and points and coins and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so there's those, those, uh, products that I've been using. And then I used my voucher actually recently because I had two left. I used one of them to actually pick up a digital version of MK8, Mario Kart 8, because I've been, I was borrowing my sons and I said, you know, now that monthly mayhem's going on, I said, screw it. I'm going to get my own. (laughs) That way I had it downloaded on my switch. So I got, I just used one of my. Thanks for uh, helping that cruise past that 23 million, by the way. Yes. Yeah. That's going to help with the next quarter's numbers. Right. So, um, and then I'll try to get through this real quick too, because I know there's a lot listed here, but I've been playing a lot since the last time I've been on the show, which is I play, I was playing Lydia, which, uh, I didn't finish. It's a very short game, but it's a very, uh, deep emotional game that hits home for a lot of people and and i know i've mentioned donnie before from nintendo shack but he's played it and i think he's got a review up on his you know page um but it hits home for him so it's a really good story and in fact i think if you buy the dlc for for this company they will actually donate money i forget to where but to help uh children who deal with this type of issue in this game which was you know dealing with parents with alcoholic parents and all that kind of stuff um so it was really it's really interesting and i want to i want to finish that one uh, i played the tourist demo wanted to get a feel for that uh so far so good on that enter the gungeon uh, of course i've been playing uh thanks to picking it up from marty um i bought it off of him because he had an extra copy and it's actually a lot of fun it's actually one i don't have to think much of i just jump right in pick a character and do some shooting and that's been a lot of fun um playing more of luigi's mansion 3 i beat basement level 2 now i'm on uh 10th floor so i'm still trying to get through that it's one of my backlog games i really want to finish uh actually one i didn't write down here was the one i did finish was jedi fallen order i got to finish that that was a lot of fun i love that game and yes i hope it comes to the switch (laughs) it's it's my i know it's a pipe dream but you know that's that was my bonus uh, prediction for twenty twenty right. anyways. So. Um, two games that I reviewed in the laundry line uh, YouTube video was Earth Night and Crash Drive Two. Uh, go so check that out for my views on those. Uh, still want to play a little bit more Crash Drive Two, but it's a very simple driving game with some gave me some Tony Hawk vibes um, with cars, and then Earth Night was uh, kind of a running game type game, uh, which was, that seems to be a lot of fun too so far. Every time I hear that, it, it sounds like it, a character from Shovel Knight or something. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. It makes me think of the same thing But it's, it's Knight with an N, not a K. Correct. Uh, Super Smash Bros. playing that because I want to try Byleth's character, uh, which I've been really liking her character that character in the game. Um, so I need to play with that some more. Um, talked about asphalt night already, asphalt nine already, the, the persona scrambler already. And, um, non Nintendo game, but I thought I'd bring it up cause I thought it would be really cool if this came out on the switch or some other type of 
uh, trading card game like Pokemon. Uh, I re-downloaded the uh, the um, Magic the Gathering Arena game for for PC because uh, I wanted to check that out. I used to play the you know physical game and wanted to see how that played out on the computer. So yeah, I downloaded that because it was free on the Epic Game Store, uh, and uh, I haven't launched it to try it, but uh, that's something I wanted to try again. And I used to play Magic yeah. a bit. You know, several years ago. It's been a while. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it costs money <laughs> to get into that. And that's why I'm trying to, like, yeah. yeah, you know, watch out for that. And I was wondering, too, whatever happened to the rumor about Hearthstone coming to the Switch? You guys remember that rumor? It's like people were yeah. talking about Hearthstone coming to the Switch. Which year? And then we got Overwatch and Diablo. Yeah. Right. So I, Never I would know say those were happen. okay trade-offs. Yes. Hearthstone may still happen. I, who knows? Um, but you've been busy. That's that's good, uh, and you can head over there and see Tim's uh, laundry line and all that over on YouTube as well. Uh, for those of you who've been following the show for the last little bit, you know I'm clearing out my backlog before Animal Crossing comes out, uh, and <clears throat> really Doom Eternal as well. Um, and so while I was on vacation this week, I actually was, and well, since the last show, I've actually taken three games off the backlog. Uh, I finished Pokemon Shield, as I talked about earlier on in the show. I uh, did the main story and the post-game content for that. I will be buying the DLC. I'm really excited for that. This was a fantastic experience. I really, uh, really, really enjoyed it. And I mean, it was the first Pokemon game I ever finished. And so I'm really excited about that. The next one uh, that I finished was uh, 1980X. Uh, I only had a couple of levels left with it, but uh, I really did not want that game to end at all when it when it did. I like that one. It w- really wasn't a game that was on my backlog to begin with. We got a review copy of it, and uh, it then went on my backlog list, uh, and so that was really cool to to get a chance to to play that and finish it. If you are a fan of Sega Genesis from back in the day, and I know this is kind of like what? Why would you be talking about this? Uh, if, if each level mirrors a uh, or pays homage to a, a Sega Genesis game, uh, and so uh, and I guess arcade as well, but just you if you if you like arcades, if you grew up in the age of the arcade boom uh, in you know the seventies and eighties and early nineties, then you would love this game. It's fantastic. Um, so I finished that, and I also finished the Tourist. Uh, which was a delightful little game. Uh, it was okay. Like I, I, I liked it enough to finish it. Let's put it that way. Like I, it's not something I'm just like totally head over heels in love with. Um, I was about eighty six or eighty four percent complete uh, at the end of the game. So there's still some things I could go back and do, but I'm not going to. Um, by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm done with with this experience. Uh, it was a cool little puzzle platformer, but other than that, it, you know, it, it was all right. Was it, I say it was good. Okay. Like I I hate saying it was all right. It's, it was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't sucky. It was just, it was, it was good. If you like puzzle platformers, uh, there's that side. Good, not great. Is that like a seven on the IGN scale? Is that how it works? Sure. Yeah. I'd give it a, (laughs) I'd give it a good six or seven. Sure. Uh, so from there, I have moved on to um, to uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, uh, 
I'm going to be finishing that next. And uh, Ori and the Blind Forest is up next on my list as well. I was about a third of the way through it when I put it down. So I'm going to pick back up and do that. So that's what I'm going to be playing until Animal Crossing comes out. I'm not buying any games, even though I super, super, super want to buy Super Crush KO on uh, on the eShop. And I probably yeah. I probably still will. But... <laughs> I'm I'm really like I'm going back and forth like I'll go and I'll look at it and I'll like be looking at the pictures and I'll go watch a review of it and I'll be like okay I'm gonna buy it and then I get there and I'm like no 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 I, sh- I don't need to buy it I'll, I'll back out I've done that like two or three times but yeah uh, that's that's what I'm in playing okay. well before we move so on the- um, Ibisol asked what was the was there a brand on that controller it's kind of like a no name brand it's uh. Here's the box. I could, I have the link in the in my video though too, for the actual product. If you go to the YouTube video, it's in the description. I put a link in there to the controller. So, um, but yeah, the, the only name on here is it says Sanyi S A N Y E E, but that's not even the brand that's on the Amazon <laughs> listing either. So it's it's really weird. <laughs> so that's why I put the link in the description of that video, the laundry line video. So there you go. Well, you can head over there oh, and check that out. Marty, I wanted to ask you, you were talking back to the tourist thing. If I remember correctly, Justin really liked that game, right? Yeah. So, and I know you guys have similar, some similar tastes, right? Yeah. Like here's the thing. Like I, I do like the game. It's just like, it didn't like set the world on fire for me, you know, like, okay. By the end of it, like the final, like, you know, 15% of it, I was probably just playing it because I knew I'd, it was on my backlog and I needed to finish it. You wanted to get it done. Yeah. I wanted to get it you. done. But in the beginning, no, I was super hyped for it. Like, I love the art style. And I yeah. think it it has it's such a really, it's it's like such a neat concept, right? Because it's, it's almost like a puzzle box that, uh, you know, unravels as you play in some ways. Okay. It has a little bit of Metroidvania to it. You know, like you progress, you get a skill, you go back, you use that skill to do new things. There's there's stuff to find and a little side quest to do. So, I mean, it's, it's good. It just, like like I said, I just, like, and, and they hinted at part two. Would I play part two? Yeah, I'd probably play part two. But for now, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm not going to pick it back up and finish it. <laughs> Makes sense. I finished the story. That's enough. You know, there's some games you play there just like that. Like that's enough. I'm done. Got my enjoyment out of it. That's that's yes. that game. Now, speaking of enjoyment, let's head over to our community spotlights. Uh, this week, we're going to shine our community spotlight over on an email that we got from Eston Huff. Uh, and uh, I'm going to read this. And this is as it was written, as it was sent to us. Uh, Eston says, love the show. Been listening for a while now. Good mix of news in a fun way. Two things I want to state to single out some of the dads from the show. Jesse, I had an R-O-F-L-M-A-O moment when Hendrick reacted Ruffle to finding meow. the first issue. <laughs> what? Raffle Mao? Raffle Mao. I had a Raffle Mao moment when <laughs> Hendrick reacted to finding the first issue of the Dirty Magazine in Dragon Quest XI. That game has moments that show care and developer sense of humor. Uh, explain the Dirty Magazine. 
What's going oh. on here? So, so your this is your grandfather is one of, is the the short, uh, large larger guy on, on yeah. the party. Kind of looks like like the traditional merchant model. So he has a he has like this pin up girly magazine that he kind of keeps with him. And uh, and H- Hendrick is this straight as an arrow. Follow the rules, do no wrong type of guy. So when he saw this, which and oh, and by the way, you're the prince of a kingdom, which makes your grandfather the former king. So H- Hendrik just like this, these things don't go together. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. And the I magazine gotcha. makes multiple appearances. I don't know how far you are in the game, but they're, they're all funny. There you go. There you go. Uh, then he says this, Marty, as a southern boy or a, su- a southern boy born and raised in the Carolinas, where all roads lead north. I appreciate your death the road channeling. It's spot on, baby. But we do need a good old nature boy, woo, at times to cause uh, because to be the man, you have to beat the man. That's right. Sixteen time world champ. Jet flying. But who's counting? Kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. Keep up the bro banner. Much loved, Eston. Eston, thanks so much for listening to the show. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of our fans. And you can send us an email at Nintendo Dads. Uh, I'm sorry, at podcast at NintendoDads.org. Or you can just send it to NintendoDads at gmail.com. Uh, both of those go to the same place. We would love to hear from you and read your comments on the show. And Jesse, um, I said earlier in the show, I'm going to need you to pull a soundbite. Okay. Uh, I, I want to add to the soundboard. I need an authentic, not mine. I need an authentic Ric Flair. Woo. I'll, if you I'll, can, if you, I'll, I'll try to do if some you can research. do that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be good research. Um, Guys, that's pretty much all of our interaction for this week. I want to remind folks as we close out the show that we draw once a month from our patrons to award a $25 eShop gift card to. Uh, just to say thanks for being a patron of the show. Uh, you, know, you can get over there on patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads and do a dollar a month and still get entered to win this $25 eShop gift card. And our winner for the month of January is Elysian Warrior. Elysian Warrior, you have won $25 in eShop credit. We will be contacting you within the next couple of days to get that out for you. Congratulations. Keep listening. Uh, thanks for your support. We appreciate you very, very, very much. Well, guys, that is our show. This has been episode 266. I want to thank uh, Jesse and Tim uh, for being here, and I also want to thank Tim's Internet for finally you know, doing its job and allowing him to be here. <laughs> he says sort of. Is he still here? He he fell off it, and then came back. Yeah, he's, he's kind of there. I'm here. Yeah, it's time to take all your stuff and go throw it out the window and yeah, be done with I'm it. Yeah, I'm having a conversation with my service provider, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this time, we want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers. That's Chris Mears. Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contronio. 
We want to thank you for backing us at the $30 level. And next week on the show, we will be hosting another Patreon producer. Dave Ernsberger will be with us as a guest on next week's show. We're always excited to have those guys on and we'll be uh, scheduling Chris and Antonio uh, as well very soon. We've got a website now. You can hit us up at nintendodads.org for all of our latest YouTube videos, tweets, podcast episodes, links to social media and Patreon page, and a Nintendo Dad shop for all kinds of merch, mugs, stickers, phone cases, shirts, duvet covers, yoga pants, licensed soda, coasters, hats, pinatas. pop sockets. But I don't think they're not available from Redbubble. But uh, Tim did find a place where you can p- put your own image on a pop socket. Nintendo Dad's <laughs> pop sockets coming soon, as well as officially licensed Nintendo Dad's Hot Wheel cars, Legos, Transformers, and more. Uh, you what? can find us on social media at Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Just type in you. Just type in Nintendo Dad's. We'll show up. Now Jesse's Googling all these products that we've said we're making. We're not. It's fine. You'll figure it out eventually. Uh, you can email us at podcast at nintendodads.org or nintendodads at gmail.com or call in. Leave us a voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. And yes, even if you call in and leave repeated voicemails in garbled tones and try to confuse us, we'll still play them on the show. Because we love you. Like, I want to say like, a big thanks like to the, OC Remix. Like the Polybius call we had? Yes, that's right. <laughs> thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And remember, download us on your favorite podcast app of choice, like CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or Spotify. And please give us a written five-star review. Help other people find the greatness that is going on over here at Nintendo Dads. So for me, for Tim, for Jesse... This has been episode 266. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. Pow, 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 pow.